and welcome to episode 32 of Rain City Bunker. I'm your host, Andy Brown, and well, my co-host Greg Moon is probably asleep right now. We recorded this episode over a few days and at a few different bunker locations. I want to get right into this show because I think it's going to be an interesting one. Greg and I are really fascinated by the brain, the mind, perception, the nature of consciousness, and our two interviewees have had probably the most direct experience you can have with those questions. They were both in separate accidents, struck by cars, and ended up with loss of consciousness and brain injury, and well, just injury in general. And they had to make the arduous path back to recovery. And they came out of this with some insights that I think nobody who's hasn't experienced that directly would have. They have a unique perspective on it. And we wanted to get them on our podcast to talk about it. And we tried, and I think we did pretty well. I talked over Greg a little bit, but we tried to just let them tell their stories. And I hope we asked all the questions that anybody would want to hear and anybody would want to have answered. And I hope we set a place where we they could tell their stories in the best way possible. So one of the guests is Drew Barth. He's a stand-up comedian local to Seattle. He's a friend of ours, a friend of the show, and we've had him on before. I don't know if I already said that. I'm recording this late. Um, and the other is a new friend, Raven Celestino. And he's, an, he's a local actor and uh, just a good guy. And they're both great storytellers. And I'm going to stop babbling. And I'm just going to have Greg edit right to the show. So enjoy. Okay, now we're going to talk to Raven Celestino. He's a friend of ours, and he has his own uh, hit in the crosswalk story, and I'm going to just let him tell it. Hi. Uh, yeah, so it was back in about late 2009. Um, I was 16 years old. I was I was still in high school. I was at school. I was. This is before like school even started. I was just hanging out there, and I decided to get on my bike. And go across the street where there's bicycle? a bicycle. Yes, <laughs> bicycle, not motorcycle. A lot of people actually got that wrong in the story after they heard it. Um, but got on my bicycle, and I decided that I was gonna go get breakfast at like Burger King or something like that. And um, so I rode down the, I rode through the uh, parking lot, down the ramp, and I just kind of went into the crosswalk at that point, and. As far as I can remember, I I had the right of way. I was able to. I was supposed to be able to cross. Right. It it indicated that you could go. Across. Yeah. Okay. The little white man said I could go. It was fine. <laughs> um, and then all I remember is riding across the street, seeing a glimmer of light in the corner of my of my right eye, and then nothing. So the reflection of the sun, then, right? Or, or, or is it, no, like off of the car, or was oh, it, like it was a it was a headlight. Yeah, oh, headlight. it was absolutely okay. a headlight. Was it always dark? Was it dark? Yeah, it was. Oh, okay. uh, it was around. It was around blue hour, so it was still pretty dark oh, out, okay. and um, and yeah. So I'll, all I remember is waking up, and it was it was like something out of a out of a a, a movie or a, or a TV show when the one of the characters wakes up and there's a whole bunch of people just right. surrounding them. And I looked up to see the silhouettes of all these people, and I, I 
freaked out, of course. Like, there's adrenaline pumping through me. And so I'm trying to, like, stand up, and they're holding me down. And I'm like, no, don't do not do that. You're going to freak me out. I'm, I'm, I can't – don't hold me down. And they're like, you need to calm down. And I was like, I'll, I'll calm down once you stop holding me down. <laughs> and so they let go of me. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm calm. I'm good. I'm good. And I'm breathing heavily, and I'm like, I feel weird. Something feels not right. And then I, like, touched my leg, and it's kind of like, what? What is that? Why is why is why is this like this? And I pulled up my pant leg, and you just see this like bulge oh. coming out, protruding out of my leg. <laughs> and I just I just remember like breathing really heavily, and then I was out again. Oh, yeah. Wow. So I freaked out, and then just went out. Um, apparently, a couple of things happened between the getting hit and then me waking up at that point. But do uh. According to eyewitnesses, they said that once I got hit, I flung off my bike about 30 feet. My bike kept going. I landed and tumbled onto the road. And then I, I unconsciously dragged myself back onto the grass by the sidewalk and just lied there. So you have no memory of crawling? I don't remember that at all. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I just, I just lied there under a tree in the in the grassy area of this um by the sidewalk i and so after after doing that i woke up in the in the ambulance and i just have a have a neck brace on i'm like strapped to a to a gurney and i'm just like oh man and the medic comes up to me and like oh hey you, you feeling okay i was like I, what what happened he's like oh you you got into an accident i mean yeah, clearly, but what happened? <laughs> and she went, oh, you got hit by a truck. And I went, oh, man, that sucks. Hi, I'm Raven. And I shook his hand and, like, <laughs> talked to him for a little bit. Like, we, we, So how were you feeling at that moment? I mean, were you um, in a lot of pain, do you recall? No, I don't remember being in a whole lot of pain. It it might have been something that they, they gave me for it, probably. Um, I don't, I just, I remember my leg feeling numb still. It wasn't in a whole lot of excruciating pain. But, um, yeah, I just, I, I talked with him for a little bit and, uh, his name is Matt. He loved to go fishing and all that. (laughs) You still remember? I still remember that. Yeah. 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 Um, so quick, quick question. What kind of truck hit you? It was a red Chevy. I don't remember the actual like model of it. I was, um, I was kind of hoping it was a Mack truck. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, kind of, I'm not sure he'd be here to share <laughs> Yeah, that's story. true. That's true. That's oh, my God. The, yeah, I guess you're glad it's not a Mack truck. The stories that came out of this from, from everyone else in the high school yeah. were, were insane. Uh, and just, I, I, this is a weird question to ask because it's not really what we're going to delve into, but the guy, the person, I should say, the person who hit you, did, did they... Um, did they flee the scene? Did they stay? Do you know anything about that? Or um, what became of that? You don't have to give names or anything. Yeah, there's there's some there's some mixed stuff that happened with it. I actually I've never met them yet. Yeah. I have not met them. Um, someone said that they tried to drive off, but another person said that they drove up just a little bit farther and they parked. Ah. So I'm actually not too sure. Yeah, apparently it was a it was like a younger kid and and his dad or something like that. Oh, okay. um, Again, yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't really get like, too much into that. Like nobody went to school with or anything like that. Not that I know of. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. So you know, I, was, I was talking to the medic, and 
I was like, hey, can we get this neck brace off of me? It's a little uncomfortable. He's like, no, we got to keep it on, man. It's 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 just procedure, like in case something is wrong with you. And I did probably the stupidest thing that I could do at the time. And I looked at him and I just circled my head oh, around boy. and went, no, I think it's fine. Can we take it off? He went, no, you can't do that. And don't do that again. Yeah, and don't do that again. <laughs> and yeah, I just, and I also remember just getting tired and then just being like, hey, man, I'm going to close my eyes for two seconds. Uh, if I don't see it, it's good talking to you. And just kind of went to sleep. Woke up again, being wheeled through the hospital. And, like, they're all saying crazy doctor terminology and stuff like that. Uh, and I just remember being like, oh, my God, this is crazy. This is like being an episode of The House or Scrubs. <laughs> and, they, you know, I think once they heard that, they, they were like, what? What's, what's wrong with this kid? Like, yeah. <laughs> how, much, how much did they give him? But throughout the whole day, the whole day in the hospital was spent with me um, cracking jokes at the at the at the hospital staff and other right. patients and stuff like right. that like they're they're in the cleanup in the room where they're cleaning me up and they're cleaning out all the road rash and and stuff uh i'm you know i'm, I'm looking at them it's like hey you can't touch me there you gotta buy me a drink first and, you know, <laughs> uh, a little to the left it's a little itchy on that side you know it's just just so, real cheese so do you think you had some drugs for the pain at that i might have been yeah might have been helping your yeah. relaxed yeah. attitude a absolutely <laughs> i mean i've never really been one to panic all that much in that situation like that i don't know i never want i i just enjoyed people laughing over really shitty situations like yeah. that do you um when they were wheeling you in and you said they were you know i imagine people who work in emergency rooms and so forth develop uh, a way of behaving in which they they don't whether it's like somebody just has a broken bone or somebody's really seriously right, injured right. they develop a uh, a way to uh, present themselves that doesn't freak out the person right did you sense any urgency or was it just did it just feel like that kind of like we see in the movies like that real professional just the just the facts that they're relaying to each other yeah it like, it it felt more like more like they were just getting down to the nitty-gritty what was wrong what was happening all right. the things that were wrong with me what was possibly wrong with me and stuff like that right. and just kind of shooting information to each other while they're wheeling me through the hallway and i'm cracking jokes at them now um i'm gonna go back to the 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 times where you regained consciousness and and went out sure I recently had uh, a tooth extraction. Well, about a half a year ago, I had a tooth extraction. And when I went under, it, what's interesting about losing consciousness that way is you don't really remember the exact moment that you, mm-hmm. you went under and you don't really remember the exact moment that you came out of it. Right. Is it, is it similar to that or is it like, like you, in the movies when it kind of it goes from like black to bright, or like a fade in, fade out? It's For me, it was definitely a... A combination of both. Yeah. Because um, I remember seeing the fade out and the fade yeah. in. There are there were instances where apparently I woke up again while I was laying there in the grass, ah, and I had a, kind of another freak out. Yeah. Um, although it was much more, and I hate to admit this, it was much more cry, 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 mommy, where are you? Mm-hmm. Right. But well, um, you were sixteen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was just a boy. Point. You know, be, uh, being hit like that. You don't know if that's that's it. You know, you, you don't, don't know, know if that's it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I don't remember that happening, but right. apparently it did. Um, yeah, yeah. A lot of things happened that I don't remember. <laughs> so, so I just real quickly, Greg. I know you want to jump in there. Uh, so 
there is, you know of instances during this whole episode where you were saying things and doing things and you, you have no memory of those. Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. 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 I was just going to ask you about the leg. What ended up with the leg? Oh, it's, it was a, it was a compound fracture. So like com- my, my whole shin bone was just snapped in half. So you were in a cast for a month or two or um, for some amount of time, they, I imagine. They, so what they did was they, um, they attached it to some titanium, which I still have in my leg. Um, and they stuck me in a boot and they were like, all right, don't do anything strenuous. And I said, no. (laughs) (laughs) So is your lower leg? Yeah. My, uh, this whole, the whole front of my leg actually, yeah, the whole shin is, uh, from, from like knee to ankle is, has a titanium bar there and I just never bothered taking it out. Yeah. Yeah. Could, could you take it out? If you, I mean, could you have it taken out? I could have it taken out, yeah. I'm not, but... I'm not suggesting you do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could, I could do it. I got a knife right here. <laughs> a multi-tool. Yeah. So I'm guessing pain did enter the equation at some point. At some point, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there, there was a somewhat painful after effect. Yeah, this. yeah, a little bit. Did he, I, I'm trying to remember it because you've told me this story before. Did you say this happened like right before your summer like vacation? Or... This happened right before, I think, I want to say it was like... Oh man, it had to be like spring break or something like that. Uh, I can't remember. Every time I see a kid during the summer with like a with a cast mm-hmm. on, I'm just I always feel bad for him because <laughs> oh no, like, there's know. nothing you can do now. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. so so the main point that we're interested in is, although it's a very interesting story, is right. the memories. So yeah, yeah. apparently oh, right. you've lost like the day before or some amount of memories before the incident. Yeah, tell tell us particularly like how you began to realize that there were there was some missing time, missing memories. So it was it was actually just small little things. So some of it was something like a story my friend told me the day prior to the accident or something like that. I came back to school and they would be talking about it and they're just like, Oh yeah, and just the day before we were talking about this, this and this and I was like we talked about that? That was a thing? Yeah. When when did when did that happen? And so it was just really small things like that. And then there was this big moment where I actually realized I've, I lost a very large portion of memory where I was searching through boxes and looking through stuff. And uh, I used to do martial arts with my, with my brother. Uh, we did a, a style called Kempo, which is a Japanese grappling um, mixed martial arts type of thing, which is me butchering what that is, so I'm sorry. But... Uh, I found one of the one of our belts, and I was like, "Hey, mom, whose 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 purple belt is this? I don't I don't know whose this is." And she was like, "That's that's yours, because Reigns is hanging up." Right. Rain being my brother, it's like, "Yeah, that's that's your belt." I was like, "I, what?" She's like, "Yeah, you worked like a year to get that," and I have no recollection of working for it, getting it. All I wow. remembered was getting a yellow belt, and then. That I thought I quit. I thought I stopped there. But wow. apparently I had worked an entire year more to get that. And so I don't remember a single thing of it. Did you lose that whole year or just certain things of the year, like the martial arts? That's the thing. I, I, mean, I actually don't remember. Bits and pieces? Yeah, or... yeah it, it could be bits and pieces. Because I, I can remember, like, I can remember random things from my past, from when I was a kid and all that. But I, like, I can't remember working towards getting a purple belt at all. I don't remember being like, I'm going to get to the next level. I, 
none of that. Well, so now this now this just occurs to me when you're in high school, um, the way that most high schools teach is they build like if you're taking math, right? right? They build one year builds upon the next. Mm-hmm. Did you notice an impact that way, like with with classes or something? Did you like when you eventually did go back to school or when you were in school? Did it seem like wait I don't know this stuff or or did that stick? It's weird because most of that stuck. I mean, yeah. granted, I always had issues in school. Like I I school was never my was really never my shtick. Yeah. Like I was. I was good at it if I wanted to be, but I just right. didn't. I wasn't a motivated kid. Right. So it was um, hard to tell. So it was really was hard your, to what tell. What was yeah. your lack of interest in what but, you might have lost? <laughs> but one of the one of the crazy things about it is that after the accident, everything went by so much faster. Oh. Like the world just your perception of time. Yeah, it, it really? it's it went faster. Like I some things that happened in high school, I couldn't tell you if it happened like. Like a post accident, I couldn't tell you if it happened junior year or senior year because all of it kind of just meshed into one thing, which is how most people perceive it after everything happens. Oh, right. But while it was happening, it was like it was all just so noticeably. Of, yeah. This was. Yeah. Is that still a kind of aspect of your life, or is that is it as it begun to slow down again? Go back to normal. So it it does this weird like um, roller coaster thing where, in points of of non-stress when yeah. I when everything is order is in order I got all my ducks in a row I'm I'm I know what I'm doing I'm doing this this and this, um, things tend to slow down a lot more, uh. but in times of stress like long periods of stress it's literally it feels like it's just one day. Wow, wow. So Raven, uh, you, when you were describing your accident, you didn't really talk about a head trauma. Oh, was, yeah. Was there a, a big head trauma? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So. Concussion, or what do they call it? So when I when I got into my accident, good question. <laughs> so yeah, when uh, after I woke up from surgery and all that, they they gave me the list of my of my injuries, and it was a compound fracture in the leg. I broke my hip. I bruised a whole lot of innards, yeah. and I got a concussion to last me like pretty much a lifetime. And they're like, you should really be careful about hitting your head anymore. So no, f- football was out after Unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was a pretty uh, severe concussion then. Yeah. If it was yeah. a type of concussion, they said you, you really should be careful the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. Because there can be minor concussion. I don't know if there's a rating scale, Andy. Right. Do you know? But it sounds like this was not Yeah, this it was one. it was not a minor one by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, I have had concussions, re- like not recently, but in the like past years. And uh, so far, nothing's happened. Yeah. But then again, after it happens, I'm like, I have to stay awake or I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a, I actually, and this was the lucky thing that the doctor told me, was that I, my skull had fractured. Like I cracked my skull open and there was internal hemorrhaging. But because my skull fractured, it, it was able to, pressure. yeah, it, it released the pressure, pressure and well, I yeah. wasn't, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So this, we're, this was a serious accident. I mean, yeah. Flying thirty feet through the air. Yeah, yeah. Broken leg, broken hip, bruises, and a, con- a concussion. Yeah. You know. So uh, I, I have to. I have to say this. Were you wearing a helmet? Oh, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, the insane thing was, it was the, according to the doctor, it was everything that had 
happened like in between like if i wasn't if i wasn't wearing my backpack i probably would have broken my back um if i wasn't going the speed that i was going that car would have absolutely killed me um and then like there's a lot of factors yeah there's a lot of other factors as bad as it it was it could have been way worse worse. yeah i could be i could have been a carrot so because he looks really normal and uh average and he's (laughs) just just for the listener to understand you're completely normal and average how does that feel (laughs) so so where where on your head was the impact um in the back of my head i actually still have a i still have a scar from it okay uh it's about it was about two and a quarter inch when it started now it's just the two inches it's shrunk down a little bit did they have to shave your head just a, a um, weird question just in just in that curious. in that little spot just to yeah. um to sew up the, the and wound. how how long was the uh how long was the recovery and well it sounds like you there's still things to be concerned about obviously yeah. but yeah uh the recovery was supposed to be like three or four months i think yeah. they said but i was too persistent when i was uh-huh. younger and I had a hard head, obviously. Yeah. Um, obviously not that hard if it cracked open. But I and I kind of didn't want to let it bother me too much. But you didn't yeah. want to let it slow you down. Yeah, so yeah. You didn't slow down. So I didn't slow down so at all. Recovery took longer. I'm guessing. I mean, some things yes, but some things actually recovered earlier than they were supposed to. Like during my checkup, my my doctor was like, "You you're actually doing pretty good." Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So, so besides the the kind of time dilation that you were talking about, um, is is there any other kind of perceptual lasting effects from this accident? And that could be in the way you you perceive things, or um, maybe to get into kind of difficult territory. Is there anything that you have difficulty with now that you didn't used to before the accident, like um, uh, maybe? Uh, like a skill or something that you had facility with that maybe you're not quite as skilled with? Like that's a challenge? Nothing that I can really yeah. think of. If anything, I I kind of got better at doing things. Interesting. Now yeah. that's now that's interesting. That's one of the things <laughs> I we talked we did a little kind of pre interview uh, interview. And I mentioned one of the things I want to talk about is uh, the idea of acquired savant syndrome which it doesn't sound like sure. i mean that's yeah. generally pretty pretty uh fairly mar- rare fairly rare and, it, and it's it's it, it's usually something really obvious for example like if somebody's had a head trauma or a brain aneurysm or something and they survive it when they come out of it they might know how to they might be able to acquire languages mm-hmm. a lot easier or uh their math they become they have a facility with math that they didn't have before musically those are the real common ones right um so any anything like that? Or... Um, I I I tend to pick up physical things more, like uh, much easier now. Like yeah. I I have an easier time seeing things and then being able to do it. Interesting. The only thing that kind does like martial arts. Yeah, actually, <laughs> actually, yeah, exactly. Um, and I was a at at that point I was a dancer. Yeah. I was a I I was a break dancer. I I did street shows and stuff like that and yeah. like and. I just remember not being super good before the accident, <laughs> but after the accident, it, and I kind of attributed this to my drive after the doctor being like, like I said a joke 
Right. When I woke up from surgery, when the doctor walked in, he said, hi, I'm your doctor. And I, I made the joke, tell me, doc, will I ever dance again? <laughs> and deadpan, serious, the dude just went, I'll be surprised if you walk the same way. And I was like, Whoa. excuse me? Yeah. Pardon? <laughs> I, uh, uh, mm. Great sense of humor that doctor has. <laughs> I love how you turned it, like this, the accent seems to have turned you into like a vaudevillian comedian. <laughs> <laughs> It it you know what I mean. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm I'm pretty happy with. So, with that. Um, what about other mental things like dreams? Have, do you, as far as you know, have your dreams changed? I mean, of course you're you're more mature now, but from before and after. I mean, do you have odder dreams or fewer dreams or more dreams? Anything? Well, apart from the wet dreams, um, <laughs> he was sixteen. <laughs> oh, I'm talking about now. Oh. <laughs> um, well, it's 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 actually weird. I don't and I don't know if this the is, answer might be just nothing. Yeah. yeah, and I and to be honest, I don't know if this is from the accident or not. But um, my dreams, especially after that, I actually had a a very easy time um, going into oh, what's it called that REM sleep? I think yeah, yeah. Sleep. yeah, yeah, like like a deep sleep. But I also knew what I was doing in my dreams. Like, I was able to take control of it and control oh, things. Oh, what is that? Uh, lucid dreaming. Lucid dreaming, yeah. yes. So that happened more after the accident. Yeah, yeah. It definitely happened after the accident. Like, because I don't remember being able to do that at all prior. But once the accident happened and I was able to get to sleep because I had a I had a problem with insomnia for a really long time. I still do. Yeah. Um, Post-accident? Or... Always. <laughs> Always, kind of. Like, I think uh-huh. since I was 10, I had uh, insomnia. Um, but whenever I was able to get to sleep, uh, I could start dreaming and then immediately sort of do whatever I wanted. And I did that for almost an entire... I think I did that for an entire summer. And then I started to freak out a little bit because I couldn't quite tell what was real and what was not. <laughs> so I stopped doing it. Yeah. I just had to like relax myself and kind of just not do the lucid dreaming and let my brain take me to where I needed to go. Right, and, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I freaked out. I had a, like a brief period of like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I don't know if it's real. And, uh, Interesting. So um, during, you know, post directly post-accident, do you did you have any hallucinations or or uh, perceptions during the unconscious periods or just just when you came conscious again in other words did you have like essentially like a dream or hallucination when you would when you were unconscious not that i know of not Not that that i can remember yeah and then um uh, let's see one of the other things of course we have to ask because it's the sort of (laughs) sort of podcast that we do did you have anything that you would consider paranormal? Did you have, um, like, did you feel like you were outside of your body? Um, uh, any kind of pre- spiritual type encounter? Yeah, anything, anything like that. And once again, no is a perfectly fine answer. You don't have to stretch to try to find it. But. Regarding the accident, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. easy enough. But, um, uh, and this this might be a, a something a conversation for a whole nother time or. If I if you let me come back or something like that, like uh, I've, I've nope just I've, once I have had everybody gets one. one. And done. <laughs> I have had my experiences with paranormal yeah. activities, if you will. Okay, well we'll talk to you offline about that. Yes, yeah, because yeah. we, nope. we like that. But that's interesting. Was that uh, 
before uh, or after or about about the same or uh, all through life. Okay, yeah. okay. So, so my entire so life, that didn't really thing. alter yeah. that in any way. Do you feel um, that your perception of reality was that can mean philosophically or the way you view the world or or the meaning or, of life, the meaning of life, <laughs> any of that, any of that, uh, covering any of that. Do you feel like that was altered by this experience? Even even if it, like, even if just coming that close to, you know, possibly having your life ended, did that, how did that impact you? Pardon the pun. <laughs> Hit me pretty hard. Me pretty hard. Uh, I, I, you know what? It, it taught me to, to, it actually legitimately taught me to just keep going with the things that I really wanted to do. Like, like I said, I was a dancer at the time um, when the doctor legitimately said that you're probably not going to walk the same way again. I kind of went past all the you should take it easy things. And I was like, hey, I'm going to go and practice for a little bit. And so, like, I went out with my friends. We would practice at a uh, at a dance studio that was at the local college. And I would do what I could yeah. at the time. And then every Every day, every other day that I would go, I would try to stand up and see what I could do with the leg being all yeah. bum. Yeah. And uh, I kind of just progressively got better with that. And I just, I worked it out more and I just kind of kept going with it. And then I that picked up with everything else that I did. You know, it wasn't just dancing anymore. Now it was um, doing parkour and flips and stuff like that. And I just went into doing everything that I wanted to do and everything that I could. And I picked up relatively quickly. Wow. So I, I guess, you know, when something like that happens, it can go one of two major ways, mm-hmm. right? You can just kind of give up and say, well, I guess I'm screwed. Yeah. Or take it as a challenge and, and work extra hard. And it sounds like you went, like, took it as a challenge. Like, no, I am going to walk again and I am going to dance Yeah, again. yeah. It, I, it just, it freaked me out so much that I wouldn't be able to do... Something as as normal as walking, the same way that I was. I was like, I no, that's not going to happen. I no. <laughs> I'm. Just, I guess I'm. I'm still a little shocked that a doctor would respond to what is obviously like, you're joking <laughs> with like, here here's something heavy to deal with for you know for the next. Let's let's make something perfectly clear. That doctor was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that more. I've heard that story more than you think. I think, just an aside, I think a lot of doctors, not all, obviously, but a lot of them just, they they don't know how to deal with the human aspect. The psychology. Of it. The psychology yeah. of it. Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah, I would have couched that if I were a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this, we can go anyway here. Yeah. We don't know yet. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. The destiny is yours. <laughs> there was definitely a point when, while I was trying to make jokes about it, he just kept, he kept shooting them down with like wow. serious notes. Yeah. And I, I'm reasonably sure there was a point where I was like, man, doc, your bedside manner is fantastic. You ever know, you ever, you ever, wow. anyone ever tell yeah. you that? Like, it's great. Jeez. All right. Well, I, that sounds, you know, that's a pretty good accounting of it. Is there anything um, that you want to add? Uh, one of the things I, I kind of want to get to with the stories that we're going to be hearing is like how they're different from the fictional depictions of them uh, or maybe similar. Is there anything, anything like that that comes to mind? 
I mean, I'm sure from the outside it looks just like it does in the movies and the TV shows and stuff like that. From my perspective, because when I came out, when I like came to, I I treated it more like it was kind of just I'm alive. Let's let's crack some jokes. Let's make some people laugh so that they feel good about what they're doing. Like right, it's, right, it's fun. It was it was more like being on an episode of Scrubs rather than I don't know something something ER or <laughs> some serious show. ER, yeah, ER. It it, yeah. it it was it was more of a day for me to kind of cheer people up right. in a really shitty place. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's something that's not really depicted is the, usually the patients, it's the doctors that are focused on in those shows. It's not really the patients. And, um, unless they're, you know, there's, they're supposed to be bizarre. Like they have an arrow in their head or something like that. Um, Or if they're a guest star. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Great. Well, I I think, yeah, I think that, that, that's pretty good. Yeah. Well, that was a really interesting story, Raven. Thanks for sharing it with us. Of course. No problem. And we'll let you know when this comes out. Thanks, Raven. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Now our friend Drew Barth is going to tell his story. So it was just over a year ago. It was the end of February of 2018. And I was working at Cairo Radio in Seattle, kind of in the East Lake area. And I went down to cross the street in front of my house, or excuse me, in front of the office. I was actually getting ready to leave because my wife had burned her hand on a curling iron, oh. and I was going to go and get some vitamin E oil to put on her hand. And this was a Friday at around 2 o'clock, and when I went to leave my office, I went into the crosswalk, and as I was making my way through the crosswalk, uh, I have no memory of this, but I was hit by a big guy in a pickup truck going around 35 miles an hour. Wow. Uh, it hit me and knocked me a good... 15, 20 yards. Uh, apparently, somebody actually at my work actually saw me midair, kind of flying through the air because they'd heard the tires screeching. But nobody knew that it was actually me down there. The actual Cairo radio looks down onto the street where I was. And it was only after some people kind of recognized my backpack, they started to try and call my phone. Uh, my executive producer happened to have been going out for a run at that exact time. And happened to, and like was really first on the scene, saw me really kind of covered in blood and everything. He didn't actually know it was me until I was cleaned up quite a bit. The guy who had hit me apparently had been a former EMS person. uh, So he was able to do a little bit sort of on the scene. Uh, But ultimately I was rushed to Harborview Hospital because I had a uh, sub, uh, what's the word? Uh, Oh, an epidural hematoma, uh, which was a, a swelling of blood in between my brain and my skull. And so I had to have an emergency craniotomy, uh, and I woke up three days later. Wow. wow. Um, so the uh, is there any, you know, there's always these traffic cams and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I know this is just a weird, morbid question. No. But is there any um, There's a little footage? bit of footage. There is a little there's bit of footage. There's a little bit of footage. Yeah, the actual security camera for Cairo the for the front door had been turned and pointed towards the front steps, I think because there had been a couple of people kind of loitering around recently so you do get to see i don't actually have a copy of it myself i've been trying to get it but you see a little bit of me leaving the building walking down the front steps and then i kind of walk out of out of out of frame frame for a second and then you see my body then kind of roll back through the frame on the street and as i was sitting and watching this in our uh, hr person's office uh 
I, because I had asked her, I was like, I really want to see it if there's any footage. I'm, I'm the same way. I would yeah. have to see it. I was yeah. like, please. And a ton of people were like, there's no way I could watch that. What was your reaction? I was like, I might as well have been another person. Yeah. I, I had no connection to it whatsoever. Yeah. It looks like a stunt double of me. Wow. Yeah. So besides the brain injury, yes. did you have other broken, yeah. bruised... Yeah, like that. so I had a, a tibial plateau fracture in my knee, which means that it's kind of like the ball and socket in your knee. The socket part had a chip in it, so that hurt. Uh, and then my right shoulder had a, a separated shoulder. Um, my, uh, I had a step deformity, so you're like kind of little, the top part of your collarbone is now kind of sticking up a little bit. Uh, so that kind of clicks a little bit every once in a while. Um, but still, that, still, still, yeah, still clicks still, every okay. once in a while. That and the knee. I, yeah. My career as a ninja is done. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to sneak up on anyone. No professional ninjaing. No. <laughs> so what are some of the side effects of the problem with the knee? Can uh, you not do as many sports as you know, before? You know, recently I've been going to the gym a little bit. and I've just kind of been building up some of the muscles surrounding it. And now I can go upstairs two at a time without really any pain. Right. Uh, but it, yeah, it still clicks every once in a while. And if it's... If if my knee hasn't been getting a lot of work to it, then it will feel a little bit. It'll bark a little bit. Yeah. So before we get into deeply into the injuries, mm-hmm. um, where did just so to be clear, where does your memory stop and then pick up again? My, my memory stops partway through Friday, as I was. Uh, I remember walking through the newsroom as I was going to walk. To outside. my car, I yeah. guess, to walk outdoors. So your memory ends, you were still inside the building yes. when your memory ends. Yeah, it, okay. it probably ended probably 10 or 12 minutes before it actually happened. Wow. And then when did it pick up? Uh, it's it's pretty fuzzy in the hospital, but uh, I, I, have some, I have some very, very early basic memories of coming to in the hospital Sunday afternoon. Uh, and seeing my wife and a couple of people asking me questions about how I was doing or asking me to do some kind of hand movements and things like that to test motor function. So it almost sounds like the the end of the memory is a, is sharp. Mm-hmm. Like I, it ends at this moment, mm-hmm. but the beginning of uh, consciousness and memory is a little bit more of like a fade in. Yeah, I would say it's a lot fuzzier. And I, yeah. and I don't know if that's partially due to the fact that I had to be on a certain number of yeah. drugs and such. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was kind of yeah. hazy then. I, I do remember a couple of really sad moments of like one or two o'clock in the morning or so. Yeah. Just being unable to fall asleep and laying in this hospital bed and being unable to get myself comfortable. And every time I tried to kind of move myself around, that bed alarm would go off. Ugh. And so then I'd be like, somebody go, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. We're sending somebody in. I, so then that would go on just all night. And yeah. uh, my wife showed up the next morning and she was looking at my face. She's like, did you sleep at all? I was like, no. <laughs> so what's your first clear memory of, of coming out? Uh, my first really clear memory, uh, which was kind of jogged by my wife was she had multiple times been sitting next to me as I was asking her kind of what happened, how am I, why am I supposed to be here, what happened, how to get here in the first place. And so she had been telling me multiple times, you were hit by a car, such that. Sorry. My memory's like that now. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we're just, we were, we were waiting for a, in case that stays in, we were waiting for a siren to go by. <laughs> Timely. <laughs> this bunker isn't sealed so well today. <laughs> uh, so the... Uh, the first memory that I really have uh, is 
my wife said to me, or I had asked her like what I was doing here, and she said you were in a car accident. And at one point, I looked at her and went, "Oh shit!" Like it just, and she was like, "That was the moment where I could tell that it had hit a little bit more, and it was it, it felt a little bit more real to you." Yeah, yeah. How surreal was that? I mean, did it feel like not real? So that was the moment that it kind of was real to you. Then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that, and apparently that's, which was strange. It was a moment where it felt real to me, but it definitely it was more calming for her because it made her realize like, okay, that's Drew's personality. He's definitely still in there. Right. For the first 48 hours or oh, so, man. you know, she, my wife and I have always stayed very much tied to the hip, sharing one brain about a lot of things. But, from that moment of that accident, we still haven't quite lined back up again because we we moved on to two very sort of separate trajectories where she really had to think about what it meant to be married in the first forty eight hours. To think about that's a challenge, right? yeah. Right, Something, a big injury like that is a it's a challenge, right? Right, that feeling of like what if his what if his personality's gone? What if his what if he doesn't know who I am? Yeah. What if everything about him is is different? And that was a lot of stuff she had to deal with, right. and and I didn't. Yeah, honestly. I felt like I kind of skipped a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I think everybody knows. I'm I'm curious to, if she knew this story of the guy who had the railroad spike, um, in the 1800s, where they learned a lot about uh, brain function. Mm. Uh, Phineas something. I should have looked this up before mm-hmm. we did. But he he essentially he was tamping dynamite mm-hmm. with a with a metal rod, mm-hmm. and it and it one of the sticks of dynamite went off. And it blew the rod through his head. Oh. And he was radically different. Like, mm. I, I, I've known, I don't know you super, super well, but I've, I've, you know, we've hung out socially in mm-hmm. a few different situations. You seem like the same person to me. Thanks. But I can <laughs> see. <laughs> Are you sure? That's my goal. That was my goal is to just get back to zero. Except now I just have to murder people <laughs> yeah, periodically. Right. Just on just on prime number days. And that's um, but I think everybody kind of understands that that, and yeah, your wife was going through that. They mm-hmm. understand that personality changes mm-hmm. and, um, and aspects of uh, who you are yeah. could be radically altered and that's got to be scary i had a uh, yeah. yeah there was a kind of like a an occupational therapist that i had to go through a couple times to see if i was kind of ready for any back to work eventually yeah. and she said just so you know um people who have had traumatic brain injuries they do have a tendency to be a bit more loose with what they're saying so just kind of keep that in mind when you go back to work and i was like <laughs> work at radio this isn't gonna be a problem you are pretty, pretty used to talking out there but anyway so that's yeah. fine so did anyone advise your wife that you might be different? Did the doctors say that there's possibility you could be ch- have some changes? There was uh, there were a couple of like grief counselor type of people that came up to her along the way and just kind of preparing her kind of, you know, social services things like that. Yeah. I, I don't know how much she was really paying attention to all that. I think yeah. she tr- she had a very positive mindset throughout the entire time that feeling of like i I really think he's going to be okay i really think it's going to be all right so i think that may have been also part of a self-preservation sort of thing of just like i'm not going to go down this spiral because for what for what point like if it all works out fine then why did i put myself through all that and different people deal with that differently there's there's people that like to prepare Mm -hmm. and i think there's people that are like i'll worry about it when i come to it right and that sounds like what she's like yeah and I don't think either is wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just think it's a different way of dealing with it. Um, Especially when it's such a circumstance that you have no previous experience with. Right, That right. it's going to be, you're, you're figuring out a lot of stuff. That was yeah. a thing that I was frustrated by as I was going through the whole thing was that 
it's kind of like I don't I've never done anything quite like this before I don't know what the next step is I don't know what I should be or should not be doing yeah. the the thing I should not be doing was attempting to move then that yeah. was that was really hard my oh, wife really imagine. was very insistent like you need to sit still yeah and that's tough the other uh, our the other interview that we've had so far he, that's one of the things he was talking about is mm-hmm. just how much he wanted that was mostly when they were rushing him to the hospital sure. and everything but he wanted to move around yeah. and everything i actually apparently uh, i had some serious issues with the feeding tubes that were put down my nose yeah. they even they actually bridled them yeah. Uh, which is where they kind of wrap it around your sinus, and I pulled it out oh. uh, and was bleeding out my nose. And actually, when I uh, <laughs> when I got home for like a week or so, I was like, "Man, my sinuses are killing me." <laughs> Do you have any memory of that? Of that discomfort? No. And it just well, no. Now that that leads into my next question. Can you tell us about some of the stuff you did? You were you were mentioning some of the stuff you did that was conscious behavior, but that you have no memory of. Uh, I, I, so I had this big scar up the left side. I mean, the incision was on the left side of my uh, head and I had probably 13 or 14 metal staples and I would just, without thinking about it, always just be picking at my uh, scar and yeah. just, or things like that. And, uh, one of the times I was at the hospital, I talked to my, I was talking to my wife on the phone and she's, uh, she was like, are you doing? I was like, okay. And then when there would be a pause, she'd be going, okay, stop picking at that. I'm sorry. Like, she could tell, like, the moment there was a pause, I knew you were going to be touching. <laughs> didn't you say, um, we talked to, uh, with you a little bit last weekend, didn't you say you had actually told some jokes? Or you, you did oh, some yeah. jokes that your your wife wrote down on a notepad because she oh, thought yeah. you might want to remember them? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I don't have any memory of this, but apparently I was running a bunch of lines at the nurses saying, uh, are most people embarrassed when they get hit by a car? Uh, do you work here often? Uh, I had much better plans for today. I was going to buy some cat food and go home. Yeah, apparently I still managed to keep a, the nurses were writing them down. It was great. So describe a little bit about uh, the recovery process. So mm. that you get. Oh, I want to hit. I want to hit on one more thing. Oh, sure. You were talking about that. Sorry, Greg. I, that's a good question. I just want to hit on one more thing before we pass it. Do you, uh, you know, talking about the personality changes and that and that kind of challenge, do you feel like there's, do you feel or has your wife reported that there's things about you that are, are different? I, I think she's pretty hesitant to bring stuff up. I have asked her, I was like, if you see anything that is a little bit off or different, let me know. And I, and I think it was maybe a bit more so at first, whether it was just uh, being hesitant about things or just, I think I was not able to really take things in stride as well. A lot of things would kind of cause me to seize up and just kind of drop everything I was doing. That combined with the ADD doesn't really help. But uh, but it took a little while to get better about just realizing the importance of things. And I still try and keep a handle on sort of the initial feeling, which is like, I'm not in a hurry to do anything anymore. Right. I'm not in a rush for anything. Yeah. 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 Well, going through a recovery like that, you're going to have a lot of frustration. You're you're going to be grumpy. I would imagine. Yeah. Anytime I'm sick, I get grumpy. So it might've been hard to distinguish what's a a permanent change and what's just this rough situation you're dealing with. Right. Yeah, actually. And one of the things that was most worrisome at first was that when you get an epidural hematoma, uh, your brain swells and then it doesn't really have anywhere to go. So it goes down your spinal column. So when it did that, <clears throat> it pressed against a couple of parts of my brain that were responsible for some of the nerve movements in the left side of my face. Yeah. So 
I couldn't blink my eyes at quite the same speed. You posted a video. I did post that. a video. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that yeah. was frustrating to watch. Oh, yeah. You would see the frustration in my face. Yeah. Because I, that's, that was the actual moment when I realized, like, my eyes don't blink at the same speed. I can't smile the left side quite the same way. Yeah. And I had no idea whether or not that was going to be permanent Ooh, or temporary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So and that's that what I mean. Yeah. There's just frustrations and you're just, you don't know what's going to happen. So right. That, anyone's going to react different, you know in a big way to something like that. And that's sure. not necessarily your personality changing. It's just your face with something you haven't been faced with before. Well, plus now my wife and I get to play a fun game for the rest of my life of like, <laughs> is this a function of getting old or a lingering piece of my accent? <laughs> <laughs> so to go back to Greg's question, mm-hmm. what was described the recovery to us? Fortunately, I, first of all, I was out of the hospital a week. Which was amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my, my wife and family had told me, they're like, we're planning on coming and visiting you for weeks or months. Yeah. And then sure enough, uh, the following Sunday, the orderly came in and he was like, are you ready to go home today? I was like, I, yes. Is that, is it okay with you? Like, why am I, are wow. you sure this is okay? And, th- and that night as I'm making my way through kind of the outpatient process and getting my medications and everything my wife and I are looking at each other like do we is this really okay to go home yeah that I, seems a really short amount I had of time. a walker I mean yeah. I was very enfeebled so yeah. uh, getting into that apartment getting home though was a one of the most special moments in my life though I remember I got home uh, I sat down on the couch with my wife and our friend Megan was there as well she was watching the apartment for the weekend and we put on Thor Ragnarok and I just like I was like, I cannot believe I'm sitting on this couch. I had tears rolling down my face. Just yeah. I was like, how can I be here and not in a hospital? Like, just thinking about all that had transpired over yeah. the course of a week was yeah. unbelievable. So, yeah. the next several months, slow going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, most apartments, not really meant for a walker moving around. It's a lot of bumping into stuff and getting frustrated. You sounded like a drunk R2-D2 most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Bouncing off of things. But uh, I felt so very much like myself when I came back that that was almost detrimental because I felt, didn't really want to take the time to recuperate. I kind of wanted to just speed through everything. I was like, well, I feel like myself. I should be walking how I used to. So So was the walker because of the knee or everything? Yeah, the walker was because of the knee. That was that was really painful. And sleeping was super hard. I had to sleep on my back with a big leg brace on. And honestly, if I didn't have the sleeping pills, I I don't know what I would have been able to do. And they were effective too, because thirty minutes later I was gone. I I would tell my wife when I was gonna take one, I was like, "Sweetheart, you have thirty minutes." (laughs) The fuses started, and then I will be no help to you. So was there actual pain also in your skull? A little bit. Yeah, there was a it, it 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 would. It would it would be painful at the actual like incision points a little yeah. bit, and then uh, there was just a little bit of lingering pain in my head. But most of my attention was focused towards my shoulder and my knee. Is am I correct in this? In in that the the brain doesn't really have pain. I don't think it has nerve any nerve endings. No, yeah. you could you could poke it, and yeah. I don't think you would be able to feel it. Yeah, but you do get headaches. But that's that's a different not, thing. That's, a, yeah. that's like the blood pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's and I, fortunately, knock on wood, I don't really seem to get headaches or anything. My wife has migraines, and wow. I I mean that. This is the thing about this whole accident is that. I want to give it the sort of reverence and respect it deserves because it was a very serious thing to go through. But when I stand and look in a mirror and I really try and take serious stock of what is different about me now as opposed to before, I have a scar on the side of my chest because I did collapse a lung in the field and they inflated it there. Um, and I've got a, I've got a dent on the left side of my head. And if you if I were to kind of shave my hair back, you'd see the scar. But 
Aside from that, you can't tell I was in an accident. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I Honestly, I can't tell. I was... Seriously, when we met with you last week, which was supposed to be our interview, and mm-hmm. I forgot the recording equipment, <laughs> um, uh, but was really cool because we got to catch up. Mm-hmm. I was... I was actually expecting because I've I've known in my life a couple of people who've had who were in comas for mm-hmm. a month and and they had lingering it, it's almost like um, what you think of when you have stroke victims yeah and I'm like it, and I wouldn't have said anything honestly but I was I, I was looking for or expecting some like stroke recovery mm-hmm. sort of you know, gait mm-hmm. and uh, mobility. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of what I was looking for. But I didn't see it. I, it's, yeah. it's amazing to me, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah, I think that's awesome. So um, how, now we're going to get into the more, well, first off, is there anything, is there anything else that you want to say that we're, we're missing or you want people to know about, about just, just about the, the accident and hospitalization and recovery parts of it? Uh I had a GoFundMe that was started by a couple of people that I worked with at Cairo. Yeah. The people that I worked with at Cairo and the network of comedians yeah. that I know was a greater outpouring of love and support and kindness than I could have possibly been prepared for. Yeah. Like I as much as I don't want other people to go through this injury, yeah. but I do wish everybody could get an example of what it feels like to be that loved and yeah. to feel that appreciated and that lucky to, to still be alive. Like I, I tell a lot of people is that feeling of like, you know, when you have that dream and you get to go to your own funeral and see what people, <laughs> it was like that, yeah, but yeah. people would come over and like yeah. bring food and such. Uh, I, it, that was tremendously helpful. I think it's actually kind of amazing. And I don't know if it, which cultures it's true, but I've seen people come around people that have been injured or sick. So that's a very, you know, heartening thing about our culture even though it's we have our issues obviously but when someone is in need I, I i do see people coming together so that is a kind of a cool thing to see yeah i said to my wife as we were at one of these benefit kind of shows over at laughs comedy club i turned to her at one point and i was like sweetheart comedians they're not nice people this is, <laughs> this is i don't i mean i like all these people but i yeah. would have not imagined to see this sort of outpouring this yeah. is it was very humbling yeah yeah, I think there's a kind of cynicism. Well, this is drifting off the subject, but I think there's a kind of cynicism and misanthropy that, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, mm-hmm. that um, a lot of comedians have as armor mm-hmm. yeah. and um, kind of as a as a tool to view the world through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I don't think is necessarily that their core, right. And we'll, we'll I, I think we should do a, a show if you're up for it. We sure. should do a show where we talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. That stuff because I'm I'm fascinated by stand-up totally. comedians and the psychology uh, that goes yeah. into most of those people is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. But I agree. Yeah, it, even though they may represent a bit more of a misanthropic sort of negative viewpoint on stage, most of them are just really good people at heart. Yeah, I, I think that's true. So now we're going to get into some of the some of the other stuff mm-hmm. that I think is going to be interesting. Well, it's all interesting. interesting. Even more interesting. <laughs> yeah. uh, one is philosophically, how has this changed, if at all? How has this changed your view of, of the world? I feel like I, with, I don't ever want to feel like I have a, a different view or I'm on some sort of different kind of plane than anybody else. But it does have this little bit of a cheating kind of feeling. Like you know, most people I get, I think would probably have to wait until they were like 50s, 60s, 70s to realize sort of some things about themselves and what's important. 
I know that now. Yeah. Like I, I, it immediately recalibrated kind of my values, qualities, things like that. I mean, just general appreciation for interacting with people and time and loved ones has completely vaulted ahead of pretty much everything normal for me. And uh, point out your mid thirties, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. he's a youngster, and he's already got <laughs> some uh, perspective of an, of an older guy like know, Andy. In a way, yeah. I know when you said when you said with that thing you realize in your fifties. I'm like, I'm in my fifties. I don't realize. <laughs> well, that's Jack. when I started adding on extra decades. I was like 50s, 60s, seventies. No, I, but I think near. Essentially, it was kind of like a near death experience in a yes. sense, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. you do realize, hey, limited time. You know. Pick, pick what's valuable and important. And especially to feel like I could come back from this sort of thing and still feel like I had the faculties that I had before. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it's part of the reason why I've taken such a more full-throated approach at comedy because yeah. I feel like I could still tell jokes now and I shouldn't take that for granted. Yeah. So did anybody tell you how close you came to... Punching yeah. the ticket? Quite a, yeah, yeah, very close. Yeah. I, I was told that um, had this accident happened pretty much anywhere else in Washington, I would have had a much longer recovery and a much, uh, or or worse. Yeah. Uh, I was taken to Harborview Hospital, um, which was a 15-minute, 20-minute ambulance ride away. Yeah. If this had happened in eastern Washington, I would have been medevaced to that same hospital. Wow. So my joke has become, I was like, look, I even got hit towards the hospital. I was actually <laughs> on my way there before I landed. So, but, it's, so, but I was told, uh, and also with the, like, there was a grief counselor that came around to my wife and everything. I mean, there were, there were definitely some feelings of, like, it's, going, it's probably going to be okay, but this is very serious. Just prepare yourself. Just prepare. Yeah. 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 So now we're going to get into the, the, the fun stuff. Sure. Um, anything paranormal, like out-of-body experience or uh, uh, have, have you experienced anything outside the normal perception? Uh, paranormal is, I guess, mm. the best way to put it. Uh, uh, since your accident, during during your accident, since your accident, nothing during my accident, nothing really during my no out of body recovery, thing, no yeah. out of body or anything like that. I mean, my 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 memory is is pretty fuzzy. Uh, mm-hmm. I was living in Greenwood at the time, and then uh, just over a year ago, my wife and I we moved up to Mount Lake Terrace, and I I, I really like our new apartment, but there is something about the bathroom the in the, off of our bedroom. That always just has given me kind of a little bit of a, a sort of a strange vibe or oh, something. How, but, how old of a place is it? Uh, it's only like five or six years old. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's, uh, it's fairly recent, but it just, yeah, I don't know. Something feels a little bit strange. Um, but one night uh, my wife was gone and I went to go take a bath and I, uh, I had set up the little actual shower seat that I had gotten back when from my accident. <laughs> and so I was going to say, just quickly, what is it like to have like, a shower to be seat. in your, to be in your mid thirties and have to use things like a walker and oh, a shower seat and stuff. Unbelievable. It's gotta be kind of funny. Oh, it's know? very funny. Here's another thing. Yeah. People get out of your way. Like, <laughs> it's, I don't know if it's just people with walkers in general, but if you, if, especially if you're in your thirties and you have a walker or a crane or a cane, people look at you like something messed up happened to that guy. I am going to give him a wide birth uh but i was going to take a shower one or take a bath one night i had gone to set up i was gonna watch my ipad um i i went to go set up my ipad and then i saw there was low on power so i went and grabbed my uh just the little adapter thing plugged into the wall 
and then was running the cord over to next to the bath where I was going to plug into my Which is iPad. always a good idea. Sure, of course. <laughs> and I had just seen, not too long ago, a story about a woman who had been electrocuted while charging her phone in the bath. <laughs> yeah. And as I, was, as I was sort of thinking about that, as I kind of had that in mind, I, I'm setting the iPad onto this little stand, and I... I don't know how to describe it. It feels, I could feel my arms being picked up and I, and it walked me over to the wall and I felt like the iPad pressed against the wall. Wow. And then as I was like, you're being controlled, like I'm being controlled. Yeah. And then I felt just drag along the wall. Like I dragged to the wall along the wall to the left, hit the corner and then turned and started moving further along the wall until I got to this railing. We have an ADA apartment. So it's uh, configured for people with disabilities and such. So yeah. there's railings, wider door frames and such. I felt, uh, I got to the wall and I slid along until my right arm came to the actual railing and I just grabbed it and it immediately it just, I, I felt like this thing just kind of flashed through my brain thinking like, ground it, ground it. This, yeah. it, this, is, this is what grounds you. Yeah. Otherwise you'll be electrocuted. And I just, and immediately through my brain started flooding hundreds of memories of my uncle Jim who had died a year and a half earlier or so. Wow. Uh, he, we were very close. He was very big on electronics. That was his big thing. He, uh, audio equipment, everything like that. That was, that was his thing. And as I'm, I'm standing and I, I, I'm holding this iPad in my hand holding the, the bar and getting this image of just grounding, just stay grounded. Don't be electrocuted. I said out loud, I was like, I am so sorry. That is, that is almost twice in within the span of a year that I've almost had something happen. And over the, my, the corner of my, over my left shoulder, I could, I could hear breathing. Like, oh, wow. it's my, it sounded like breathing just kind of slowly in and out. And I, and so then I, I sat down on the toilet and I was like, I just need to take a moment just to kind of like gather myself. And I was like, do I still take a bath as I'm kind of freaking out? And someone was like, just take a bath. That's fine. So I get into the tub and I'm sitting there as this is all just kind of cycling through my brain. And I look down and I see these three bubbles that have kind of formed in the, in the, in the foam. And I immediately had a thought of my parents and my aunt, who is my Uncle Jim's wife. Yeah. Uh, so my parents live up on Woodby Island. Uh, and they're, my mom's sister, my Aunt Marcy, lives right next door. And my parents, my mom had a stroke uh, about a year ago. And so this felt like call them check on them make sure that they're okay so i called my aunt marcy first the and when i went to dial her number on my phone the initially i'm quite sure it actually said jim and marcy walters on my phone i went to dial it but my the the letters got really garbly like on my phone like i remember looking down and seeing like kind of like when you would uh, like a corrector's tape on like a typewriter, you type X's over something. Yeah. It kind of looks like that. Like it, it just was kind of strange. So I'm, the phone's ringing. I leave a message for my aunt Marcy feeling kind of flustered. So then I was like, okay, call my parents. So then I call my dad next uh, and I start talking to him. And as I'm talking to him, I can, I'm getting kind of spotty reception in my apartment. And I felt this desire to instead walk towards the window where I started getting much better reception. 
and and I felt myself kind of like being walked back and forth in front of the window. This kind of idea of kind of like this is how you get reception. I was like, okay, okay, I got it. <laughs> so then I talked to my aunt, I I call my aunt Marcy and I'm talking to her. And then did you uh, tell her this? I did, I told her later about yeah. what had happened. But at this point, I was just chatting about some such and some stuff. And my hand is kind of instinctively rubbing the side of my head, and it just it felt very foreign. It felt like something else was doing it. And then my aunt has a tendency to be a bit long-winded about stuff. So at this one point, she kind of starts droning on a little bit, and I can tell that she's going to kind of carry on for a while. And I sense my phone. I feel myself being picked up and sort of walk towards the center of my apartment where there's no reception, (laughs) and it drops the call. (laughs) And I started laughing so hard, thinking to myself, like, of course, okay. I could totally picture my Uncle Jim being like, all right, that's enough of this. All right, Marcy's going to just talk forever. You don't cut her off. Uh, and so that kind of has, has kept going. And, and occasionally if I'm in that bathroom and I kind of think a little bit harder about him, I, I swear I just have this a little bit. There's something. Wow. There's something there. Okay, so what do you think this is? Uh, that's a really good question. I, I don't know if I've ever actually stopped to think of, of what it is. I, I, it does feel, it feels very protectiony. It feels very much somebody who's kind of just wants to keep a little bit of a tab on me. And, and if it's, and, and even if it's like part of my imagination, it still feels right. Wow. That's a great way to think of it, I think. Mm-hmm. I love, too, that it's it, it's a communication via electronic devices yes. and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Yeah. I, that's just... That's I'm, actually, I'm actually quite convinced the, the, the light that's above the mirror in our bathroom, yeah. uh, it kind of... It cracks a little bit. Like yeah. it, you can hear, like the sound of like the whether it's the fixture kind of settling with the heat or whatever. But it, 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 it yeah, it yeah. feels. I every time that makes noise, I kind of have a mental image. Yeah. So when you felt that kind mm-hmm. of like guiding thing, yeah. I mean, was it? How did? How, did it seem pretty strong? Could yes. you resist it if you wanted? But it just felt very. It, it felt like I could have resisted it if I wanted to, but that wasn't. That wasn't a good idea. Like I felt like that. I was like, I'm just gonna go with what this tells me. What's What's interesting is if that scene, if that scene were in, I'm imagining that scene as Mm -hmm. a movie scene, Mm -hmm. and in two different sorts of movies. If that scene were in a movie that was, you know, about like your experience, Mm -hmm. essentially, it would it would seem very um, friendly and hopeful and everything. But a little bit in the way you described, if that was in a horror movie, that'd Mm. be was were you afraid at all? I mean, just just that the it's such a kind of foreign experience. Yeah, I, yeah, I, uh, that's a good question. It was. Yeah. I mean, it was. It was more like it was it, as it was happening. It was so off putting. Yeah. Because I, it. Ever since my accident, I think I've sometimes had questions of like, what am I feeling? Like, how much is real, or like, how much do I really trust? Like, I basically kind of the stock version of myself that I was gifted from birth is no longer. Valid. Like, I feel like I have, like, that little, like, warranty sticker where you're like, you know, if you cut this, that's what's a warranty. <laughs> that's kind of the way I feel. I'm like, I have right. an aftermarket body where nothing is really going to be going according to plan from this point forward. So yeah. that's okay because yeah. I enjoy, instead of the idea of trying to get back to who you were, yeah. make peace with who you are now. Yeah. And I think that's been a big part of it. Yeah. Initially, it was a, bit, a little bit frightening and then I became, I was a much more calming feeling. Interesting. So there's a thing called um, acquired savant mm-hmm. syndrome, which uh, happens to people who have had like s- strokes or, or uh, brain aneurysms mm-hmm. or uh, accidents. Mm-hmm. 
where they come out of it and they find all of a sudden they've acquired a new skill. Yeah. Most often it shows up in like a facility for music language or math, mm-hmm. which I think are all kind of connected in, sure. in some ways. Anything like that? Totally cool to say no. Or have you noticed even a little subtle thing that maybe is like you weren't able to do before that you are able to do now? I, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. But also at the same time, I'm finding that I have uh, a little bit of a better ear for, I don't know if it's I'm, I'm hearing parts of music I hadn't heard before or something, but it just, at least my ears feel a little bit sharper. Oh, okay. More musical and uh, mainly uh, music or um, possibly, I mean, I, I've, I've, I've always been really interested in voice and kind of like how voice and sound works. And now that I'm starting to, I'm starting to take some actual voice lessons about how to control my voice. And there's a part of me that feels like I might actually be able to sing if I couldn't sing before, Yeah. but I, I don't know. I, I, I haven't, picked up every musical yeah. instrument yeah. yet we're not going to ask you to do that well right that's <laughs> what are all these trombones here for <laughs> so uh so did you did you notice it impacting your ability to perform right comedy that was my number one concern yeah. was as i was yeah. in the hospital when i woke up and i was really starting to kind of piece together all that had happened i was trying to think i was like okay like mentally going through the card file of jokes in my head and seeing if I could remember how to do a joke from start to finish which is hard to do in an unusual sort of environment like that but after I got on stage and I actually did it for the first time it was that allayed a lot of my fears oh, but excellent for a while I was like boy that's yeah. this is all I got that's like a pianist like if you injured your hand yeah you know I, I think that would be um that would be similar yeah. I'm going to do a really terrible like interview thing. I'm going to bounce back to the to the do you to a former question. Sure. The the paranormal stuff. Do you feel like you have an enhanced ability or more yeah. of, uh, or you're more sensitive now to that? I th- I feel like I am and I and I I, I it, it's difficult because there is no real way of saying one thing for certain or not or how much is just my own imagination, right, right. but I feel like I've always beforehand was pretty good at delineating what was real and what was not. Yeah. And now it's just odd little senses, odd little feelings. Uh, just thinking that like somebody was in pain somewhere or something. It just, it feels a little bit different than it did before. Right. Just, just enough. Okay. And, and actually, and after that thing with my uncle, I remember that feeling the next day I was like, well, well, I know this is true. For now, on. like this is this completely that that had that sort of feeling to me where I was like, even though the accident was a big thing, that it almost felt like that thing with my uncle was just as significant to have that feeling of like, okay, this is something different that I never thought was sure before, but I I know this now. Yeah. So was that the biggest kind of unusual thing? Yeah. Since, yeah. Since the accident, that's been that has definitely been the biggest unusual thing. That now it, for a while, I did have, I've still had stuff kind of go missing around our apartment. Things will get moved around sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also another thing that's difficult to try and keep track of when you have a traumatic brain injury and ADD mm-hmm. is where you put shit, uh, <laughs> and whether or not something is in the same place that you left it before, or whether or not you're just kind of absent-minded. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's that's also a question. As you get older, mm-hmm. you begin to wonder. It was like, is that age related, <laughs> yeah. or is that just how I've always been? 
And also the ghost made all of my pants smaller. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. You can now blame everything. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, my wife's a little older than you, but she can't remember she puts her phone every half an hour. Mm -hmm. So, you know. It's probably not too bad. Ghosts. <laughs> but when in doubt, just blame ghosts. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll let her listen to this. Please do. <laughs> She'll really appreciate that, I think, Greg. Um, anything anything you want to add? I thought I thought that was great. I thought it would be a great story. But like you said, you haven't had a chance to talk about it. Is oh, there anything, anything else you want to I mean, add? It's, it is uh, something that I, I, I really want to keep thinking about. Uh, if for no other reason than it just kind of gives me that sense of appreciation for sur- surviving. Uh, <laughs> I, I do find it a little bit odd, though. Sometimes I, I will see people posted stuff online like, hey, uh, this guy went through an accident. It, uh, how inspiring that he's gotten back or, you know, to the place he is. I don't, it, and nothing I feel like I've done is inspiring. Uh, it's it's more that feeling of like, I got injured and I really didn't want to be injured anymore. Yeah. And that, and that <laughs> yeah. was, and I realized that's a large component of just human motivation overall. Just, you just want to get back to zero sometimes. Yeah. You just want to get back to things being normal. Right. Well, it's like the joke you made. I just wanted to go buy cat food and go home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a very simple plan for the day. <laughs> and that's And that's totally understandable, mm-hmm. man. Well, hey. Thanks so much for telling your story. You bet. Us. I'll be actually, uh, and I'll be at uh, uh, Laughs Comedy Club uh, August 16th and 17th. Okay. Uh, we'll promote it heavily. Sweet. Yes. <laughs> two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Excellent. For all of our three people that listen. You bet. <laughs> oh, I better all be here. <laughs> Thanks, Drew. Thank you. Thanks.